Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. Happy Friday. It's a good, good Friday with lots of baseball tonight. One game going on right now. Anyways, thank you for tuning in. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And, uh, so yes, we've got the uh, Brewers and Cubs going on right now, but uh, with a whole, almost a whole slate of games tonight, I uh, decided to put out a Twitter poll about some streaming pitching options. Uh, those results are in. I'm going to go over those in a little bit. Uh, Marlins are, well, they've made some moves already today, uh, maybe some more moves on the horizon. I'm going to break all of those down for you. Uh, I've got a Chris Bryant update for you, a uh, Justin Turner update. We are starting to get some lineups in, some weather forecasts, and really a busy show here. I'm going to have Dennis Lynn from The uh, the Athletic talk about the Padres. He's been uh, covering the Padres for uh, for a while now, and uh it's a, yeah, a team that's not doing that great, but a lot of really uh, intriguing questions there. Uh, of course, uh, I don't let an episode go by without talking about Franchi Cordero. I'll definitely uh, ask Dennis uh, about uh, Cordero. And, uh, but you know, there, there's really a whole bunch of playing time situations that could be up in the air. Some uh, pitchers uh, that I want to ask him about. So uh, have a little bit of Padres talk with Dennis Lynn. I asked you, as I've been doing every Friday, for your Twitter questions, uh, lineup questions, start, sit, those kinds of things. And uh, as always, you've come through, and also with some things that aren't necessarily related to the coming week. We'll get to those. And of course, we'll also get to uh, some of the performances from Thursday that are uh, worth breaking down, although with, with such a busy show, maybe a little bit of less of that and more of all the other stuff. So... Uh, in uh, the service of getting all that other stuff, let's get to it. Uh, Joe Madden told MLB.com he expects that Chris Bryant could be in the Cubs lineup tomorrow. So uh, not in the Cubs uh, lineup for uh, the game that's in progress right now with the Brewers. And while I've got a top of mind, it's still 2-1 to one Cubs over the Brewers. Um, I guess Br- uh, Brent Suter maybe has settled down a bit, gave up a, a couple of runs in the bottom of the first. You Darvish uh, from the bit I saw looking pretty good, just giving up uh, the one unearned run. That was pretty much a, a manufactured run by Lorenzo Kane. So that's a 2 1 game right now. So yeah, Chris Bryant uh, could be back as soon as tomorrow. So definitely stay up on that for your uh, daily lineups. Justin Turner, uh, he has been cleared to take swings off of a tee. And uh, the way that we know this is Andy McCullough of the LA Times. Happened to see uh, a video that Turner posted. I don't know if this is Instagram or, or where he put this, but uh, McCullough said that uh, 
beat writers were tagged on a video where Turner said that he's been cleared to take swings off of a tee. So, of course, Turner coming back from a fractured left wrist. Still no TBD, or I should say still no timeline for him. The timeline is TBD. Uh, so we, we don't know that with Turner, but we do know that uh, he's making some progress. That's what we want to hear. Now, Marlins uh, made a move just uh, probably within the hour or so, bringing uh, Martin Prado off of the DL. He has been out for the entirety of the season so far. And according to the Miami Herald, uh, the expected move is that with uh, Prado back, he's going to become now the everyday third baseman. But Brian Anderson is going to play some outfield and first base. The first base part, honestly, is a bit of a surprise to me. But I imagine he'll probably play pretty regularly in the outfield. Maybe lose a little bit of playing time. But uh, I, I don't think this is going to be uh, a game changer, a value changer for, for Brian Anderson, uh, at least initially. So that's part of the plan there. Also, Dan Straley may be ready to start the uh, Sunday game against the Rockies. And uh, part of that rotation situation is already getting cleared up. We know that um, Wei and Chen is going to uh, uh, come back and make his season debut on Saturday. So there's got to be a couple of starters that get tossed out of the rotation. One of those is Trevor Richards because he was the corresponding move to the Prado activation, Trevor Richards, option to AAA New Orleans. And uh, really it comes down, it sounds like, to Caleb Smith and Dylan Peters. And according to this piece in the Herald, Smith may go to the bullpen, which means that Peters would get to keep his rotation spot. But uh, uh, Harlan Garcia and Jose Arrania, they're pretty much set to remain in the rotation. Understandable. Arania was the, the opening day starter. He's been, if not great, he's he's been certainly serviceable for the Marlins. And Garcia has been been a revelation so far. So you've got uh, the, the new look rotation for the Marlins is Arania, Carlin Garcia, and then you've got the additions uh, of Wei and Chen. And it looks like probably Dan Straley this weekend. And then it sounds like Dylan Peters is going to be the fifth starter there. But again, that one, uh, could go to Caleb Smith. It's not totally clear just yet. The Pirates are going to bring up Nick Kingham from AAA, and that he'll be making his Major League debut this Sunday against the Pirates. This was initially reported by the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Kingham's having a great start uh, in AAA. Uh, one of the Pirates' uh, top uh, 10, 15 prospects or so, uh, but uh, had Tommy John a couple years back. And uh, finally reaching the majors at uh, AAA. He's made four starts so far. He's got a 1.59 ERA. He's got a strikeout rate of 30.3%. And this is not somebody who's really been a big-time strikeout pitcher throughout his minor league career. Been uh, pretty, pretty pedestrian, really, in terms of the strikeout rates. But uh, a pretty good control pitcher. Uh, but having a really, really superb start to his minor league season. So, season. so that earned Nick Kingham a call-up. Uh, we have now uh, some resolutions to the uh, suspensions for Tyler Austin and Joe Kelly. Kind of, I'll admit, kind of forgot about that because uh, that whole situation was uh, feels like a zillion years ago. But uh, Tyler Austin's suspension has been reduced from five games to four games, according to the New York Post. 
And according to Newsday, Neil Walker is likely to get uh, the bulk of those four starts while Austin is out. And Joe Kelly, he his appeal was denied, so he has already started serving his six-game suspension, started serving that on Thursday, according to MLB.com. Kendall Graveman, the Athletics opening day starter, he was optioned to AAA Nashville yesterday. So uh, it's been a rough start for Graveman. A's have uh, definitely been doing some tinkering with the, the rotation. And uh, Graveman's going to go to Nashville and work on uh, his mechanics and his pitch usage, which, uh, according to uh, Susan Slusser of the San Francisco Chronicle, uh, those are things that the team has already been working with him on. And according to uh, Susan Slusser, the main candidates to replace him, not Wilmer Font, who was just acquired, and Nando DeFino and I on yesterday's show, we talked about whether or not uh, we thought Font was going to be a starter or a reliever. I think he's going to be a reliever. This would seem to uh, to confirm that, that the uh, starter is going to be, uh, well, the starter, I should say, to replace Graveman, probably either Daniel Gossett, who also was just sent down yesterday, uh, and Brett Anderson, who's been pitching pretty well at Nashville so far. But uh, a decision doesn't have to be made for probably about a week or so because the A's uh, have uh, some off days coming up that allow them to go with the four-man rotation. Also, uh, as reported by Susan Slusser, the A's have uh, reinstated Yosemiro Petit from the bereavement list. And in a corresponding move, Ryan Buckter has gone on the disabled list with a left shoulder strain. In other reliever news, the Reds have activated David Hernandez, who's been out all season so far. And to make room for him, they optioned Phil Goslin, who uh, certainly was, was going to be uh, excess uh, in the infield there with uh, Eugenio Suarez coming back much earlier than expected. So David Hernandez joining the uh, the Reds' bullpen. So Rysel Iglesias getting, getting some help, getting a stronger bridge from the starters or, or for middle relief because uh, just a few days ago, um, uh, I was going to say uh, Brian Shackelford, <laughs> but um, yeah, this is terrible. I'm uh, actually... I'm uh, blanking on uh, it's Kevin Shackelford. My bad. Uh, Kevin Shackelford was uh, activated. And now David Hernandez, and, and I think they'll most likely be uh, filling the setup roles for uh, Rysel Iglesias. Uh, talked on yesterday's show was actually breaking news uh, that Young Ho Gong had uh, received his uh, work visa, and now today is reported by the Athletic. Gong is going to go to extended spring training in Brayton, Bradenton, Florida. However, he will remain on the restricted list, and there's uh, absolutely no timetable there in terms of when he uh, may come off that or uh, when he'll be able to uh, join the Pirates. So that may not necessarily be be in the offing. So I uh, mentioned at the top of the show that I put out a Twitter poll. I started yesterday's show by complaining about what was going on with my ESPN daily lineup league. And uh, so I've decided to bring a more positive, <laughs> more optimistic attitude today because I actually had some streaming options that I liked. Now, of course, uh, you know, come uh, maybe, uh, you know, eight o'clock tonight or so, maybe I'll feel differently. But uh, out there on waivers were uh, Luis Castillo, who, uh, let me make get these uh, matchups here so I don't, uh, don't botch this. Uh, so Luis Castillo is going to be facing the Twins in Minnesota. 
Tyler Anderson, who's going to be pitching against the Marlins, uh, the opener of that series at Marlins Park, and Miles uh, Michaelis, who will be getting the start at Pittsburgh. So Anderson at Miami, Castillo at Minnesota, Michaelis at Pittsburgh. So to the Twitterverse, I asked, if you could stream one of the following three pitchers today, which one would you stream? And I included none of the above as an option. Uh, And I'll tell you what I did, and then I'll tell you what the voters said. I uh, I, The first uh, thing I did was I added Michaelis to my rotation. So uh, I got rid of Ben Lively, who uh, that was who I was complaining about on the show yesterday, had the the terrible start. Um, So he's gone, uh, and I I picked up Michaelis. But then I realized, I mean, I really, the reason I asked is that I I really liked all three of them, and it was really difficult for me to choose. I just like Tyler Anderson in his own right, and the Marlins are a very good matchup, and they're a great matchup at home, uh, given the ballpark. And Castillo, who I've talked about uh, on and off on the show, uh, I, I think uh, he's a, a good buy low candidate right now. He's he's uh, getting more swings and misses. Uh, the the contact he's allowing is a bit harder than you'd like to see, but a lot of the indicators for Castillo are really pretty positive. And on the piece that I uh, wrote earlier this week about walk rate under and overachievers, Castillo was one of the uh, underachievers that he profiles for a lower walk rate than what he's got currently. So there's a lot to like about Castillo. I don't really love the twins matchup though. And the fact that he is allowing some hard contact that uh, put, put Castillo at the bottom of my list. But so I picked up Michaelis cause I figure, you know, he's going to probably get a quality start. Uh, some, some of the folks actually responded to this poll uh, on Twitter and there was a response. Somebody said, yeah, Michaelis has learned how to pitch efficiently. Uh, so I, I was thinking along the same lines that he's, he's a pitch to contact guy and that could certainly blow up on him and that could blow up on, on any owner that starts him. But uh, he's got, the highest swing rate on pitches outside of the zone in the majors right now among qualified pitchers. So uh, you think they're here. he's not going to get the walks. He's going to throw strikes. He should get through uh, the lineups pretty, pretty quickly. And I do like the Pirates matchup pretty well. It's not great, but I like it well enough. So I picked up Michaelis and then realized I could pick up a second pitcher uh, because I've talked before on the show. I've been sort of on the fence about dropping Jonathan VR. And I just decided to go ahead and do it. So that opened up a spot in my roster. So I picked up Tyler Anderson, too, because I just, I like I said, uh, I like the strikeout potential. I love the matchup. And uh, so we'll see how it goes. And hopefully I won't be back on here Monday complaining about it. So uh, to the poll results. So y'all like Michael is too. Uh, but it was a virtual tie for first place. Michael has got 35%. And Castillo got 35%. So not much love for Tyler Anderson. 21% for him. 9% for none of the above. Which I guess shouldn't surprise me. 9%. That's, yeah, I did the math and figured out it's less than 1 in 10. So it's not, it's not a big portion of, uh, of the response. But, uh, you know, I thought, geez, you got three, what I think are pretty good options here. So... That's uh, interesting that uh, about 1 in 10 said or 1 in 11 said they actually wouldn't want to stream any of the three, but more than a third like uh, Michaelis or uh, or Castillo. So interesting for what that's worth. We will see how that turns out.
A whole bunch of lineups have come in. Don't know that I will get to all of these before we got ahead to break. Uh, We've got the Orioles and the Tigers. Uh, Chris Tillman for the Orioles. Mike Fires for the Tigers. And Jace Peterson back in there batting second and playing second. Uh, Nando likes his stolen base potential. And uh, pretty much the standard Orioles lineup in there. Uh, Same thing for the Pirates facing Miles Michaelis and the Cardinals. Uh, Pirates starting Stephen Brault. And uh, both laps are out for the Mariners at the Indians. That's a 7-10 start at Progressive Field. Mariners, uh, regular lineup for them. And looks like same deal for the Indians. You got Tyler Naquin back in there uh, against righty Erasmo Ramirez. He's batting eighth. Bradley Zimmer batting ninth. Uh, Corey Kluber going for the Indians, uh, Rosano Ramirez for the M's. And uh, let's see, got the Reds lineup, the White Sox lineup. I think I got a few seconds to just make sure there's nothing crazy here. I'll go with the White Sox first. Uh, Adam Engel in center field, Larry Garcia in left. Both uh, Abreu's back, so that's good news. Back from the flu or flu-like symptoms. And uh, I'll get back with the Reds lineup on the other side because I want to make sure I don't make any mistakes there with the outfield alignment. That's always changing for them. So more lineups, more weather forecasts, and a whole bunch else. And Dennis Lynn on the other side. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And as promised, uh, returning to the show, but first time this season from The Athletic, uh, Padres beat writer Dennis Lynn. Dennis, thank you so much for uh, coming back to the show. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. My pleasure. And uh, I said uh, up at the, the top of the show, things might not be going that great for the Padres uh, in terms of wins and losses, but there's a lot of players that have really grabbed the spotlight for the first month of the season. Christian Villanueva, uh, Franchi Cordero, uh, you've got uh, uh, Eric Hosmer uh, joining the team. And uh, so uh, Tyson Ross has really uh, become pretty popular in fantasy over the last couple of weeks. So um I'd like to start with uh, something, though, that you've been tweeting about over the last few days, and that is the high strikeout rate that the Padres have. I think they actually lead the majors, but you know, not in a good way uh, in terms of strikeout rate. And two of the players that I just mentioned, Franchi Cordero and Christian Villanueva, they're kind of leading the charge, and they, they've sort of profiled as high strikeout players uh, as, as prospects. So... Um, is the team looking to do something to address that either in terms of uh, 
making you know roster changes or lineup changes or maybe just working with the helping the players work it out as they play. Yeah, that's definitely been a you know big topic of discussion. It's uh, one of those things where um, you know it kind of adheres to the cliche of it's easier said than done. Uh, these are guys like uh, Austin Hedges, Hunter Renfro. Those guys um, never really had a lot of plate discipline to begin with, uh, starting in the minors and coming up through the system. So teaching guys at the major league level how to basically, uh, you know, reconfigure their habits is a pretty difficult task. So they, they will have to look to the minors at some point for guys like Luis Urias, uh, second base prospect, uh, guys who just have that, you know, innate ability to get on base and who've been trained to do that. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, all they can do is uh, try to work with these guys and get them to cut down on their tendencies. But, of course, again, that's that's really hard to do when you're facing uh, 95 miles an hour in a game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's been sort of a recurring topic on, on this show is, uh, you know, talking to people uh, in the game about, uh, you know, how difficult it is to make those kinds of adjustments. And like you say, especially when uh, they're trying to do it at the major league level. Uh, now, you mentioned Urias, uh, who's doing really well in the minors. Um, that would, would he come up and play second base, you think? Because it, it seems like one of the, the players in the lineup who's the least prone to strike out is Carlos Asuai. Credit <laughs> um, uh, Galvez is struggling. I mean, could could Urias uh, play some shortstop, or how do you see that playing out? That's a timely question, especially because they're about to go play the Dodgers in uh, Mexico next week, and Luis Urias is, of course, from uh, Mexico himself, uh, which would be you know a nice marketing opportunity for the team. Uh, but that being said, he did uh, suffer a minor leg injury. On a triple A game a couple of days ago, so um, I don't I don't see them pushing him to come up just you know just in time for that series. And like you said, they have uh, two guys in the middle infield with Aswahe and Galvis, who um, you know already uh, playing. They're not hitting well, but uh, they're playing. And Urias hasn't exactly uh, lit the PCL on fire so far, although I expect in time he will. Um, so I don't see that happening anytime soon. Uh, that's that it's uh, it's a big trip down to Mexico, so um, you never know. But uh, given the fact that he has a minor leg injury, I think they're going to take it slow with him, and you'll see him up sometime maybe in the second half. Okay. Oh, so yeah, not not soon at all then. Um, uh, now, what what do you think happens with Jose Perella? One of the things that's been speculated upon, uh, particularly once Cordero got called up, is that he'd get moved to second. We have seen him play, I think, a couple games at second. Uh, but uh, he's struggling offensively, too. So how do you see this working out? Do you think he uh, would make that move more regularly going forward uh, to keep all those outfield bats in the lineup? Or do you think that uh, he may actually lose some playing time due to the struggles that he's having? Uh, it looks like both are possible at this point. He's definitely going to be playing a little more second base at this point uh, with Noel Myers back and uh, Manny Margot back and Hunter Renfro uh, should come off the deal relatively soon as well. So it's going to be tough to juggle all those guys and one way to um, kind of ease the, uh, the surplus is to have Perella bounce into second base more often, though that brings up the challenge of his his defense there. It's not not great in left field, and it's definitely not great at second base. So until he starts uh, hitting more, uh, you just kind of have to look at the matchups and, and play those guys. But uh, yeah, he, he earned his opportunity. Jose Perella earned his opportunity that he's getting now last season. Uh, but right now, you're right. He's not he's not really hitting. So uh, you might see him get relegated more to a bench role pretty soon. 
All right. Well, uh, and you already mentioned Luis Urias. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. is is certainly one of the more exciting prospects. Uh, he's at Double A uh, to start the year, um, but really, really struggling badly. Uh, is there any chance he goes back to the California League, where uh, I don't think he right he was just skipped over that from uh, from regular A ball, uh, I believe, to Double A. Uh, so, uh, do you, any idea on what the organizational thinking is on on Tatis? Yeah, that's a good question. He he definitely did. Uh, he did skip a high A um, this season by going straight to Double A. Although he was up in Double A, um, he did make the same jump uh, late last season after um, you know dominating in the Midwest League. They they brought him up for the last uh, couple weeks, and then he played in the playoffs of Double A as well. So it's not like he hadn't played there uh, before this season. Although that was definitely a small sample size. Um, I think one thing to note, and I know you can't. Um, call this predictive but he did struggle last april in low a and then got his approach figured out stopped trying to pull the ball so much and um you know you saw how things turned out last season so it's, it's possible that this is just an early season thing for him although if it continues i think that would become a topic of discussion they, they do have um you know a pretty crowded farm system with guys at every level they want to get playing time so you have to consider that but when you're talking about a talent of the magnitude of Fernando Tatis he obviously takes precedence over other guys so I think they'll still let this play out a little more and uh, hope his uh, his swing gets back in order he did hit two home runs the other day and followed that up with a, a bunch of strikeouts so it's a day-to-day thing um, but uh, he definitely has a talent to uh, turn it around sooner than later yeah and just 19 too which is something that uh, I think we all have to you know, keep in mind as, as part of the context for any struggles that he, he might have and for the successes, like you say, with the two homer game. Uh, now, I mentioned Tyson Ross earlier, and uh, he's definitely been gaining some popularity in fantasy, even though the last start was was not his best. Um, but one thing that's really notable for him uh, is that he seems to be succeeding in a very different way than during his uh, kind of mid-decade heyday with the Padres when he was getting lots of swings and misses, not really getting so many this time around, uh, but, but freezing batters uh, Ross uh, now in, in the, the post Tommy John era for him, uh, has he made some deliberate adjustments that might be reflected in the different way he's succeeding right now? Yeah, that's an interesting observation about uh, how he's getting guys out. I haven't personally looked into, you know, the specific breakdown of, uh, you know, called strikes versus swing strikes, but uh, one thing I can't say is he hasn't uh, he hasn't had his uh, two seam fastball, which is a good pitch for him in the past um, before he had surgery in uh, 2016. Um, and I'm not sure exactly how that affects things. Uh, so right now he's basically just four seam and slider, and his fastball command actually on the four seam uh, might be better than it was before. He's never really been a command guy; always been a high walk guy. But I think his walks are, are currently at a career low. And maybe guys are just um, testing him by, you know, trying to make him prove he can, you know, hit the strike zone with his pitches. So that's something to watch uh, going forward, I'm sure, um, see if uh, more guys start swinging. Um, but he's definitely got the slider still, and guys are swinging over that quite a bit. So I think uh, we'll have to see how he, um, you know, ups his sinker uh, two-seam usage as the season goes and uh, uh, see if he can uh, get more swing strikes um, later in the season. Interesting. Okay. Well, uh, and a recent change to the rotation, uh, the debut of Eric Lauer, uh, which didn't go very well. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not necessarily that there's a, a whole lot of uh, 
potential replacements waiting in the wings. Uh, Luis Perdomo uh, sent down. Uh, so how much of a leash would you expect that Lauer would have if he uh, if he doesn't uh, really put it together quickly? Uh, it's the same case as uh, kind of the same thing as Joe Lucchese. They're going to evaluate him as, uh, as he goes. It's not just a you know, uh, one-start thing and they send him back to the minors. Um, Luis Perdomo is probably going to be down there for at least a while. And uh, this gives Eric Lauer an opportunity to show what he's got. And I think you can kind of throw out a course field debut. Uh, don't put too much stock into it. I believe he was the only only the seventh pitcher visiting starter in uh, Major League history to make his uh, MLB debut at Coors Field. So uh, it's hard to read too much into what happened there. Obviously, it didn't go well, and he wasn't locating. And location is what got him to the major so quickly. So we'll have to evaluate from here. Um, I think he's got to start coming up at AT&T, and that's a, obviously a much more friendly environment for a guy like him. Um, but I, I think the leash is going to be fairly long. This is a guy they like a lot. They think uh, he's definitely got the moxie and you know the command to, to stick up in the major. So it, it'll be, I think, at least a few starts um, before um, they can really talk about, okay, if a guy has a bad start, let's uh, let's – you know, ease back on the pedal and send him back down. So I think he's got he's got a ways to go before um, they, you know, uh, put him put him back in the minors, and that might not happen at all. We'll see. Yeah, well, uh, one one area where there's not a whole lot to talk about is the closer situation. I mean, Brad Hand uh, right out of the gate uh, <laughs> had some problems, but uh, since then he's he's been as good as ever. Uh, but uh, if you go a little deeper in the bullpen. Uh, Adam Simber's been really good, and one of the things that's kind of changed on the fantasy landscape is that as pitchers are throwing fewer innings, uh, that uh, the Andrew Miller types uh, are getting more interest. Uh, you know, and and of course, not just you know Andrew Miller and Chris Davinsky, but uh, you know somebody maybe like Adam Simber, who's I think still uh, leading all relievers in terms of innings pitched, and uh, all the numbers are good, strikeouts ratios. Um, how is he going to maintain this pace, though? If he stays at this pace, he's going to throw something like 105 innings on the season. So is that a, a concern right now? Uh, and uh, do you see any change maybe in his role uh, going forward? I think the simple answer is that they're not going to keep up this pace with him. He's a, he's a rookie. I know he's 27, and he throws from a submarine slot. So uh, you could argue that's you know, less stress on his arm. But, again, he is a rookie, and I think his career high in innings in the minors was 80 last season. So there's there's just no way they're going to, you know, push him until 100, and who knows what happens before then, if he's even going to stay on the roster the entire season. But what he's shown so far is really promising. Uh, he's, you know, attacking all, all parts of the strike zone, and that's really useful against uh, batters from both sides of the plate. So that's why they've used him so much, and also because, uh, you know, they've had so many short starts early in the season that, you know, they've been forced to call in their bullpen. Um, but I think with uh, Robbie Erland and Jordan Miles, two former starters, also on the bullpen, they're they're going to find ways to you know space it out more evenly. And you've seen that over the last several days. Uh, he hasn't pitched. Adam Simber hasn't pitched nearly as much. So they're they're, they're going to be able to um, you know give him his rest when he needs it. But he's always been a guy who's been able to you know go multiple innings. He actually made a spot start in AAA last season and went I think uh, six and two thirds. So he's definitely got durability to him. So they'll just have to watch his workload as they go. But I wouldn't expect him to keep his current pace. Uh, I mean, do you think there's a chance that maybe he goes to some sort of swingman role, given that he has that durability? Uh, it all depends on the situation and who's uh, who's coming up in the opposing order. 
But I think the fact that they already have Erlin and Lyles on the roster, those guys would probably be better equipped to serve that role. And um, but the more hitters see Simber, the more they're going to get comfortable, you know, facing facing that kind of arm slot. So uh, it's a lot of factors probably keeping him in his current role and going, you know, one inning, two innings sometimes. Um, but for now, I think uh, Lyles and Erlin would be ahead of them when it comes to you know making a possible spot start here and there. Okay, it absolutely makes sense. Uh, well, Dennis, I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to to join me, and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, things go go better for the Padres in the uh, in the weeks to come. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, Dennis. Well, you you take care. Um, so uh, good stuff there from Dennis Lynn. Uh, you can find his work. Uh, at The Athletic, and you can also find him on Twitter, a very good Twitter follow, uh, at Dennis T, the letter T, Lin, uh, L-I-N, uh, can find him on Twitter. So uh, definitely give uh, give Dennis a follow and, and check out his work. Uh, so I had promised prior to uh, going into break that I would uh, go back to uh, the lineups, and uh, so yeah, the Reds lineup is out, and the thing is that I was, I sort of rushed off because I thought, okay, I want to make sure I get the outfield situation right, and then realized, oh, they're in Minnesota. All four outfielders can play, so yes, all four are in the lineup. Jesse Winker is DHing and leading off, uh, and then you've got uh, an outfield of Shepler, Hamilton, and Peraza, so, or I mean, I'm sorry, Shepler, Hamilton, and uh, Duval. The process in the lineup, but uh, he is not playing the outfield. That would just be weird. So uh, there we have. That's that's the uh, Reds lineup. I think the only other one that's come out since uh, uh, since before the break is the Red Sox lineup, and you've got Sue Lin batting ninth and at second base. You've got uh, Mitch Moreland at first, and Hanley Ramirez at DH. So that's always uh, an intriguing situation there. Um, but you got no Andrew Benintendi, which is not too surprising because the Red Sox are facing the lefty Blake Snell and Red Sox also going with the lefty Drew Pomeranz, uh, but no raised lineup out just yet. So that's all we've got. Uh, actually, let me take that back. Uh, Diamondbacks lineup is out, but nothing much to see there. So anyhow, keep you posted on lineups. Uh, as far as the weather goes, a few situations to just keep an eye on, but nothing that looks like a major threat to cancel or delay a game. You got uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates hosting the Cardinals. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully this doesn't backfire on me with that uh, Miles Michaelis uh, pickup in my daily league. Uh, but there's a 42% chance of rain at game time that's going to hold right around that level for a few hours. So that is one to look at. Maybe uh, need to make a, a last-minute substitution for Miles Michaelis after all. Uh, and uh, in Boston, that game I was just talking about with Snell and Pomeranz, uh, maybe a slight chance of a delay there uh, at the beginning, 40% chance at game time, and then uh, the, the precipitation chance uh, subsiding very quickly thereafter. Same deal in Cleveland, 48% chance at game time. Doesn't look like you're going to have to worry about uh, any major impact there. So that's pretty much it as far as the weather impacts go. So uh, as I mentioned earlier, got a whole bunch of questions from you. Appreciate you coming through with those. I will get those. We've got to head to break uh, very, very shortly here. And then uh, with whatever time I've got, uh, I, I'm going to try to make a point of talking about Kyle Hendricks' start yesterday. Also Kyle Gibson, just to get the, the complete set of Kyle's there 
and uh, another frustrating start for Chris Archer. Uh, a few hitter, uh, hitter performances to talk about as well. Ronald Acuna stands out amongst them. So stick around. All that is coming up your way. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. Got a few, well, a couple news updates for you in just a moment. Uh, but first, just a reminder that you can dominate your DraftKings and FanDuel Made League Baseball contests this summer with Daily Roto's MLB projections and optimizer. Go to dailyroto.com slash premium and say 10% with the promo code FNTSY to use all of the same tools and projections that Millionaire Maker winner Drew Dinkmeyer uses. And the tools don't just work for football. This is the same site that Drew used for last year's top five $150,000 DraftKings Live Final Finish. So head on over to dailyroto.com slash premium. Save 10% with the promo code NTSY and see the results for yourself. So as I was going through the Red Sox lineup, uh, you know, sometimes I just look and I say, oh, yeah, this all looks in order. You see familiar names there. Well, one of the familiar names in the lineup is Xander Bogarts, who's batting fifth, obviously playing shortstop. Uh, yeah, he's been activated. So my bad for not uh, catching that initially. So, yep, get Xander Bogarts active in your lineup if you can. And uh, also the Braves have activated Tyler Flowers. This one has been sort of nebulous for a while where uh, I've been talking quite a bit about Kurt Suzuki. You've been asking questions about Kurt Suzuki. And uh, so I would expect that his playing time is uh, due for a bit of a decrease now. Uh, but uh, Flowers is back. So again, if you're in a daily league or uh, you know, whatever your format is where you might have some opportunity to get uh, Flowers back, uh, you need to do that. You don't have to do that, however, for today because Suzuki is in the Braves lineup uh, against the Phillies. Uh, I think this one uh, came out recently. So uh, Suzuki in the lineup and batting fifth. Uh, Cunha back in the lineup, of course, batting sixth. Nothing else there uh, really notable. And the Phillies lineup, this is, by the way, Julio Tehran and Aaron Nola. And uh, let's see. You got Kingery at third and uh, no Michael Franco. So it looks like your standard lineup otherwise. All righty. So uh, you sent me lots and lots of questions on Twitter. I appreciate it. I will uh, answer them all. So let's get started. This is not a lineup question, but I like it. And so I'm going to start off with this. This is at he like me. Uh, why is nobody talking about CJ Crone? Now that he's finally getting regular bats, is he breaking out like Smoke and Lomo did last year? 
Uh, you've come to the right place, he like me, because uh, I do talk about CJ Crone. Uh, I liked him going back to late last year when he, it looked like he was joining the fly ball revolution and doing so with some dramatically improved results. And while he was a, a little bit of a slow starter for the first week or two, as you pointed out, he's uh, playing regularly. He has been hot. Uh, he's been hitting homers and, uh, and continuing to follow the trend last year of hitting a lot more fly balls. So, yeah, I like C.J. Crone quite a bit uh, in the sense that if he's still out there in a league, um, you know, even if you don't need a first base upgrade just as somebody to stash or somebody to stream in and out of your utility spot or whatever, uh, he's definitely worth doing that. I think he is breaking out. Uh, this one from at Jay Legeza. Uh, we're entering that great area where the small sample keeps growing. True enough. Uh, do you have any indicators for cutting bait? I'm referring to uh, Orlando Arcia and Jonathan Lucroy. I'm compelled to be more patient with the former thoughts. Uh, first question, indications for cutting bait. Nothing cut and dried, but I would urge you to go check out the piece on Fangraphs from earlier this week. I think it was earlier this week, maybe last week. Uh, from Alex Chamberlain because he addresses that specifically of what what's the uh, the stabilization points for uh, swinging strike rate and uh, and I believe there's some other indicators there too so um so yeah I mean it's you're right though this is after a month this is the point where I do start to take in season stats quite a bit more seriously uh, but there is a breakoff point now what's funny is that I go the opposite way in the case of somebody like Arcia. This is where that's a sort of player where I'm more likely to cut bait uh, because while he did have a bit of a power uptick late last year, he doesn't really stand out in any way in the shortstop pool. So unless it's a pretty deep league, I'm, I'm fine at this point with letting Arcia go. Jonathan Lucroy, on the other hand, even though it looks like he's having an even worse year this year than he did last year, the indicators are improving. The indicators look much more like pre-2017 Jonathan Lucroy. So he looks like a great buy low. He looks like a great person to uh, to go hold with uh, and wait until he gets uh, gets going because in some ways what he's doing in the first month here is the best of both worlds that he's hitting, he's making a lot of contact. I mean, his whiff rate is, I think, 3% or something just ridiculous like that. Um but the power indicators, even though it's not showing up in terms of actual extra base hits, the power indicators are much more like they were prior to last season. So I would give Lucroy another chance based on the previous track record and some of the current peripheral stats. Uh, from at Big Tim Slimmy Jim, I got that right the first time. Uh, could you please discuss on the show today whether or not you would start Derek Holland at home versus the Dodgers? Why or why not? I would not, even though it's AT&T Park, uh, I might give benefit to Ty Block there, um, Chris Stratton, but Derek Holland, there's just, you know, yeah, he's getting more strikeouts so far this year, but I'm not even really buying that long term. Uh, to me, he's one of the less viable starters in the majors. So to me, park factor is not an issue. The Dodgers still have the potential to be a very dangerous lineup. So uh, there's not many, there may not be any teams I would start Holland again against to be honest so definitely not not the dodgers uh at real ryan mcgarry what tarnation am i doing with donaldson rendon and murphy trying to find an eta uh yeah that's that's a tough one i i share your frustration and uh, uh donaldson i did see a report 
that uh, and unfortunately now I've, I'm not sure where I've got this, but uh, that he could be back next week. Actually, it was on MLB.com, uh, their uh, injury report, which, by the way, is a great resource uh, that's good to check for these kinds of things. So, yeah, Donaldson is just going to be a wait-and-see thing uh, where it looks like you might be able to actually start him next week. So I wouldn't get too too frustrated with uh, Donaldson as far as that goes. Now, as far as Anthony Rendon is concerned, uh, he could be back as soon as Sunday. That didn't look like a really major issue anyway. So kind of the same deal there. Rendon, Donaldson, they could be back really soon. Murphy, that's a whole different situation there. I don't know really what the um, uh, the timetable is for Murphy. So, but I would I would hold on to him no matter what you know, regardless of what your uh, format situation is. All right, next one from W. Cam Spocker, or might just be Cam Spocker. Uh, so, a few questions here. OBP league with slugging and quality starts added. Rest of season, Glaber or Jan Hervis. I'll go Glaber, uh, mostly a playing time consideration there. Uh, although uh, Solarte right now doesn't seem like there's any issue with playing time. But again, we're talking rest of season here. I'll go Glaber Torres. Rest of season, Junis or Roark? Definitely Roark. Junis gave up five home runs on Thursday. That was the risk I was concerned about with Junis. I'm not saying he's going to you know, do something like that every time out. But Roark is just more proven and I think steadier. So definitely Roark there. And finally, rest of season, Brantley or Dahl. That's an interesting one uh, because, you know, both uh, with have injury histories. I think Brantley's playing time situation rest of season looks a little bit more secure to me, though. Uh, and again, also a much more proven track record at the major league level. So I'll go Brantley there. And one more, who wins the trade? Acuna for Conforto in a keeper league. Wow. Uh, Keeper League makes it tough. If it's redraft to me easily, it's Conforto. Uh, I'd have to say Acuna. I think Acuna. But that's that's in a Keeper League for me, that's just about a, a coin flip. Uh, all right. Well, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I actually uh, think there are some more questions. So I uh, definitely want to make sure I don't leave anybody out. And I have definitely left myself enough time to get to some of the Thursday performances uh, that are going to be worth breaking down. So, uh, okay, here's one at Flick Orr. Uh, got three spots, shortstop, center field utility, and four players to fill them. Kane, Tim Anderson, Correa, and Franchi. How can I justify putting my man crush Franchi in? You know, I can relate to this question. This is how you justify it. Uh, Anderson's really not hit that well lately. He's he's really tailed off. Uh, I don't know how deep this league is, but in a 12-team league, I think you could drop Tim Anderson. And even this is a little bit league, uh, deeper league, you could certainly bench him for Franchi Cordero. So hope that helped out. Uh, at V. Teodoro, can you rank these young, under-owned, high-upside starters? Trevor Richards, who was just sent down, Marco Gonzalez, Tyler Maley, and Trevor Cahill. Uh, usually these questions are really tough and it's kind of bunchy. Not this one. I've got a real clear pecking order uh, with these. And it's um, Gonzalez, Cahill. Actually, it's a little tough between those two. 
but I'll give Gonzalez the, the edge over Cahill and then Maley and then Richards. Uh, Maley does have some upside, but not to the degree that Gonzalez and Cahill do. And Richards was just sent down. So uh, that should do. At Tierney 2000, would you rather have Acuna over any of the following 12-team keep three? Benintendi, Starling Marte, Yelich, or Bregman? Whew. I think uh, I think over Ben Intendi, I would. That this is really tough, and again, it would be a no-brainer if it were a redraft league that Acuna would be uh, the odd man out. But with keeper considerations, I, I think Acuna's got the little bit of a higher upside. So I'll say uh, I'd rather have him over uh, Ben Intendi for the the long term. Uh, consideration there. So that now is all of your Twitter questions. So thank you again for uh, sending those in. Uh, as far as Ronald Acuna goes, uh, a three for four game on Thursday against the Reds, his first major league home run and first double. So uh, not a bad second game at all. Joey Votto homered for the third straight game uh, in that, that same game. And so he definitely seems to be coming out of his funk. Again, uh, as I said, I think it was two days ago after he'd hit the first of those three homers, uh, you never ever sit Joey Votto. But um, now you definitely uh, not only could feel good about using Joey Votto, but uh, uh, I think that buy low window is uh, is shut now. Matt Davidson hit two of those five home runs that Jake Junis gave up uh, yesterday. So uh, he's... uh, he had cooled off a bit, but uh, a big game for Matt Davidson. And Justin Smoke, he got his third homer of the season, two-hit game. Uh, but, you know, the fact that it is his third home run, and now that we're a month into the season, is a little bit concerning to me. And his ground ball rate is up. And perhaps the most important thing from my perspective is that the strikeout rate for him is up considerably from last year. And that was one of the things that was really key to the smoke breakout was that for much of the season, he had a very low strikeout rate. But uh, that's uh, that's back up in the upper 20s now. So that, that's very concerning to me. Uh, you know, and if smoke had more of a track record of very low strikeout rates and big time power like he showed last year. I mean, the power's always been there to some degree, but, uh, you know, this is more towards the Arcia end of the scale in terms of players who haven't really proven it over and over, like to use the other example from earlier in the show, uh, Jonathan Lucroy. So smoke, not really getting my benefit of the doubt. I might be looking to trade them, even though it is a bit of a sell low. Uh, I have a feeling there might be some believers out there and I would at least test the market to see what he might fetch. Now, in terms of some pitching performances, uh, Kyle Hendricks, a great start for him. He is clearly on track. Seven scoreless innings against the Brewers, only four hits, no walks, and five strikeouts. And his sinker has really been on the mark. Um, And of all the uh, pitchers, and there's not, granted, not that many of them, but of all the pitchers in the majors who uh, have allowed 25 batted balls off of a sinker, he has the lowest uh, exit velocity allowed on it, uh, 82.9 miles per hour. So uh, that's like a very effective for, for Kyle Hendricks. Kyle Gibson with a, a very nice start uh, against the Yankees. And at Yankee Stadium, six scoreless innings, a one-hit performance, three walks, and 10 strikeouts. And Gibson's been getting the strikeouts. The walks have been an issue for Gibson. Uh, he is throwing uh, in the strike zone only at a 35% rate. That is exceedingly low. 
um, but a 13% whiff rate. So if you can stand to take the, the hit on uh, whip, uh, Gibson is, is definitely somebody to look into picking up. And I would also point out that uh, I talked earlier in the week about walk rate over and under achievers. I, and I do think that Gibson maybe as little as he's throwing in the strike zone, that he's good enough at getting misses when he's outside of the zone, that uh, he that walk rate should come down for him a bit. So uh, Gibson pretty intriguing so far. Same deal for Ivan Nova. Uh, he's yeah. on a on a good string of uh, starts right now. He's now gone 28 consecutive innings without walking anybody. Four consecutive quality starts. Uh, and he uh, tossed eight scoreless innings in a pitcher's duel against the Tigers and, and Michael Fulmer. Uh, six hits, no walks, of course, and five strikeouts. But Nova's got a 12% swinging strike rate so far. Uh, so, again, after a month, you got to still look at some of these indicators with a bit of skepticism. But uh, it, it definitely puts Nova uh, on your watch list, to say the least, and at the most, maybe you stash him and see where this goes. Uh, Fulmer, as I mentioned, six scoreless innings for him in that same game. Matt Cook... Uh, a second good start for him, uh, two runs over six innings. But I would say beware because he's allowing just an 11% lo- uh, line drive rate. He's get, uh, That's probably going to go up. His whiff rate is just 6%, and he has the highest average exit velocity allowed on fly balls and line drives of any uh, starter in the major league. So regression is coming for, uh, for Matt Cook. Um, Chris Archer, uh, a, a Sort of a, I would say definitely a a disappointing start for him uh, against the Orioles. Seven strikeouts, but four runs on 11 hits in five and a third for him. So he's getting the swings and misses, but he is allowing a lot more contact than he has in the past on pitches that are in the zone. And while that's not necessarily bad news in and of itself, it's a bit of a red flag. And it might be the point now where you actually do have to consider uh, benching Archer to see if he can uh, improve consistently. So, ah, that's it. That's it for the week. So uh, go watch a little bit of baseball, lots of games tonight, and uh, good luck with your moves over the weekend. I'll be back on Monday with Trevor May. Don't miss that one. Have a good one, everybody.